let's, uh, if you can, if you're not praying or if, if you don't have something else going on, I want everybody to s- s- fill in the middle. No, no, we don't got to stand up, but just fill in the middle. Fill in the seats. Yeah, come on. felt, as soon as I walked in this morning into the sanctuary, I felt like there was a, just a shift in family. I don't know why, but this, this, this morning specifically feels more, just in, just in the atmosphere and the environment of just being around everybody feels, it literally felt like, like family, literally. And I don't know, you know, how much that that means to everybody else because it's hard to filter that through my perspective of family but um, it just God is God is he's establishing us as a family and even uh, William had mentioned to me this morning that it feels like God's completing something <clears throat> and um, there's a reason why I, I wanted to have everybody kind of sit in closer because of what the the Lord is is showing us a picture of in since the beginning of the year when we've been talking about family. And how many know that you were redeemed when you were saved again? When you were born again, you were redeemed. Amen. And we've been in the book of Ruth. And when you look at Boaz, he's not just the redeemer, but he's the kinsman redeemer. He's redeeming family as well. Amen. And um you know, we talked about how we're a family of agriculture, of agros, and I just wanted to talk about just what the Lord is doing this morning and how the magnitude of it, because it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And when we talk about uh, the wheat and the tares and, and the counterfeit and the real and all of these things, we're going through a refining process. And it's so interesting because we got into Matthew 13 about the wheat and the tares, but then when you go back to the book of Ruth, that's really the context of the story of Ruth and Boaz. They're, they're in a, a harvesting process throughout the whole story. And so, well, let me say one other thing too, is that it was, it was interesting to me this morning because I stepped back, I was over there and I was looking at just this circle right here. And we'll get into it. We'll read the story. But when Ruth was laying at Boaz's feet, they were on a threshing floor. And I'm going to talk about that. But God showed me this is a threshing floor right here. It's a threshing floor. And they used to make them in circles, like almost literally this size. They would make a circle with a threshing floor and there would be a post in the middle. And they would, the master of the field would take his oxen and they would tie it to the post and they would walk it around the circle to crush the wheat. 
And then when he said, this is a threshing floor, because the threshing floor would usually be somewhere in the midst of the field. So then, you know, taking even more of a step back to, to know that God is saying that in the, in the field, in the time of harvest, in the field of our city, in our region, he created a threshing floor right here. Amen. But I, when, I, when I, was, I was just watching my wife, Apostle Tanya, sit up here, and I don't usually like give her a word corporately or anything because I could just I could just talk to her. I've got to wait till Sunday. <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> you see Amber sewing into that word right there. <laughs> but I think it's important because what I saw when I was back there and I saw the threshing floor and I saw my wife sitting here, I saw you as a Ruth sitting at the feet of the kinsman redeemer. And what happens at the end of the story, we'll get into it, is after they spend a night together, not physically together, but she sleeps at his feet. She uncovers his feet just as she was instructed to, and she spends the night at her master's feet under his protection. And then when she leaves in the morning to go back to her mother-in-law, he gives her six measures of barley. Because in, on the threshing floor, they would, they would sift the grain, they would separate the wheat from the chaff, and they would do all this stuff. And so Boaz was sleeping at the bottom of a heap of grain. And then there was Ruth sleeping at his feet. And I saw you this morning as Ruth, and the Lord was saying that he's going to give you six measures of barley to take back to your mother-in-law, which is the Holy Spirit. And I don't know what that is, but there's a shift. There's been a shift from last week to this week specifically with Tanya because she's been called a mother to the region and in her family there uh, a matriarch passed on to be with the Lord and there's there's something in that God is it triggered something it triggered something and so I don't know what that has to do with this morning but I you were involved in that prophetic vision you were Ruth seated at Boaz's feet this morning and for her as a vessel of the redemption of family, Tyler just said it, the enemy hates you because you carry a seed. There's a seed of redemption of family that's in her that's going to be released, and it's powerful. You know, it's funny because anybody who knows Apostle Tanya knows that she can be intense. She can be very intense. And she used to get criticized for that. Oh, you're too intense. You're too intense. And I always love that about her because it's going to take a mother. It's going to take somebody to be that intense to mother a region and and be a vessel of redemption for family because of what Tyler said, what's going to come against her because what's being carried. And there's a reason why it was just her sitting at the cross this morning. And another thing before I get into it, I just want to, I just, I was just thinking about it. You know, uh, Cephas back here, he's been studying at the church and everything and kind of watching over things. And, you know, we got blessed with a flag from Canada, you know, a couple weeks ago and I had it right here. I've, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a weird looking pole over there that used to have our American flag on it. They cut the flag off. They took the Canadian flag. I don't, I mean, what? So let hey, if anybody sees anybody with a Canadian flag, you call me. 
because I want to know where they're at because I'm going to get it back. (laughs) But it just, you know, it kind of gets you fired up, you know, and it just kind of comes with the territory, leaving the building open, things happen, and kind of gets you fired up. You know, but I was thinking about it this morning. I was just, you know, even when I set my Bible down, like, man, it's a bummer. And, you know, the Lord, the Lord was like, he was like, I'm your banner. I'm your banner. There's a banner over this house. Jehovah Nisi said, the Lord is my banner. I'm your banner. I can't be desecrated. I can't be stolen. I can't be vandalized. I can't be torn down. I can't be stomped on. I can't be burned. And I just feel like as a family of God this morning, just... That banner is waving over us. And if we walk in that type of mentality, that the banner of the Lord, the Lord is our banner, and there's nothing you can do about it. I can be mad. They can desecrate this one or that one. They can take it. They can burn it. They can do whatever. But let's turn to Ruth. We're going to turn to the book of Ruth. And it's, it's God's God's bringing it full circle about this threshing floor. And I believe we're going to get it today because we were in a time of harvest. We're exercising discernment in our time of harvest. And I believe as these words have been released, it's not just a teaching for you guys to go home and just let it sink in and and just retain some head knowledge about the word of God. God has been imparting and releasing in the time of harvest. There has been harvest actually occurring in your life with these words being released. These are impartations. There's shifting happening. There's transformation happening. And I could feel it this morning when I came in. And so this morning, I I believe this is a powerful picture that's bringing us full circle to the point to where we can lay at our master's feet under his protection and he can give us six measures of barley and send us back to our mother-in-law. Amen. Six measures of barley. If you think about your hand, you have five fingers. Six kind of signifies more than you can handle. We're going to start in chapter 2, verse 23. And this is important. Actually, let's start verse 22. And Naomi, by the way, which means joy and bliss, the mother-in-law, our joy. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with this young woman, with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. I've been trying to figure that out. But God made it clear this morning with the threshing floor picture, because when Naomi was telling Ruth that you need to go out with his young women, she's talking about Boaz. At the end of the story, she's laying at his feet as a, as a picture of the bride and the bridegroom. She's laying at his feet. And so it became clear to me this morning that Naomi is telling Ruth that you need to be in the proper field among his women, among his bride. If we're not even in the proper field, we need to be in the field of our master among his bride. Because in another field, you could be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, 
My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? And I'm going to read all of chapter 3. It's not Boaz, our relative, with whose young women you were. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. This is important to know because we're, we're a family of harvest and it's important to know this process. When they bring things into the threshing floor, they, they'll find a, a flat, a, a level field and they'll take everything out of it and they'll, they'll till the dirt and then they'll roll over it and they'll make a flat floor. And on the, on the perimeter of the circle, they'll place rocks on the perimeter, right? They'll place just like this. They'll place rocks around the perimeter of the circle and when the winnowing happens, they, they tample the, the wheat with their animals and their cattle or whatever they have. They tample the wheat. They separate the wheat from the chaff. And then the master of the field will come in and they'll throw, they'll throw it up in the air and the wind will separate the chaff and the wheat will fall back to the ground. And so think about this. God said this is a threshing floor. The Holy Spirit is blowing through this place. And God is taking the things that you've had to discern the wheat and the tares, and he's crushing it all in this very place, and the grain is heavier than the chaff. There's a reason why there's a cross right here, because the master is, is taking, he's tending to his, his field, and he's in the middle of the threshing floor, and he's taking your wheat and your chaff, and he's throwing it in the air, and the Holy Spirit is blowing through and, and separating everything that's not grain to the point to where there can be a heap of grain that the master can sleep and we can, we can come up under his protection at his feet. <laughs> he, ca- he, called, he called us to, he trusted us to be that place. The, the, the things that we have gone through, the uprooting and everything that was planted here, he uprooted it, he tilled the ground, he flattened it, he rolled it out to where it looked like there's harvest maybe all around us, but in this one place. But he was, he was purposing us to be a threshing floor, a place where the master could sleep, could rest, and we could come up under his protection and bring our harvest, and the Holy Spirit could blow through and separate the wheat from the chaff. Listen, verse 3 says, Wash therefore and anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. We have to, we have to understand that we're in a place where we got we to gotta wash and anoint ourselves because we're going to be laying at our, our bridegroom's feet. And God's taken us through a process since the beginning of the year. And like I said, this isn't like looking forward this is an impartation. It's the, it's the operating system of family. It's an upgrade. It's not a tearing down and a building back up. We've already been through that. But it's an it's a impartation. And I felt it when I walked in this morning. And when we talk about the threshing floor and the separation, and he talked about calves and horses coming into a pen to separate. It's the same thing that we're... That, this is why God had us do this prophetic act of putting the seats in a circle with the cross in the middle. So when you look at verse 23 and it says, keep close to the young women of Boaz, lest you be assaulted in another field. 
Amen. We got we to gotta keep close to each other. This is, this is the field that we're supposed to be in. Verse 6, chapter 3. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. Now, it's important to know that the reason why he's laying down on the threshing floor is because when people would go through a harvest season and they would gather all their crops and they were refining everything to the point to where they could get a heap of grain, that was their livelihood. That's why the master of the field would actually sleep on the threshing floor to protect the grain from people, from people stealing it. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, the women lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And no, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Isn't it interesting how in this story, this is a picture of Jesus and us, but even Boaz is saying there's a redeemer closer than me to you. I'm not as close to you, even though I'm a redeemer as the actual redeemer. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Now, when he says that, he's protecting her integrity because he knows she's a virtuous woman. It's crazy to me how the word just ties together. Ruth is a virtuous woman. That's what God called the church to be in Proverbs 31, a virtuous church, a virtuous bride. And Boaz recognizes her virtue and he protects it by telling her, don't tell anybody that you came to lay at my feet because that implies covenant. That implies he didn't want want her to be shamed or people to look at her like she just wanted the, the physical part of covenant. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor and he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how to matter the turns out how the matter turns out for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. And then he go on, he goes on to, to talk about redemption, but this is, this is just an impartation by the spirit. And I, and I want to, I want to, I want to stir up the Holy spirit this morning because the things that we have the things that we have pursued of God and the picture that he has painted for us and the things that he has put on us, the things that he's clothing us with, 
the things that, that we've had to exercise discernment and realize there's things growing up in our life that we have to discern what's real and what's not. That we've come to a place of impartation at the threshing floor. When I think about people that have come in and out, when I think about people that have said, I, I, I want this process, I want to engage in this process, I see what God's doing, and then they step out. When I think about the harvest field as a whole in the region and the honor that God would say, this is a threshing floor. This is where I'm going to rest my head to protect my harvest. And we get the chance to, to the things that we've discerned, the, the bastard wheat that's grown up in our life when God crushes it all together because he knows he's going to separate it and he throws it up in the air and the Holy Spirit blows. That's important. It has to, there has to be wind for the winnowing to occur. You can't get that pot, that heap of grain without the wind. And so I want to come together as a family today and I want to recognize that when the wind does blow, that's why there's rocks around the circle because the grain will hit the floor. And if you're not, if you don't have rocks around the circle, the grain will blow out. And so we have to realize, we have to, we have to realize how important it is to be shoulder to shoulder as the family of God. We got to be shoulder to shoulder. And when we come together in and of ourselves, we create a barrier to keep the grain in as the Holy Spirit blows. And so whatever those things are in your life, you had to have exercised discernment to, to not uproot your field. But when you let the things grow together, the Lord will bring it to the threshing floor and he will call upon the Holy Spirit to blow and he will start to throw up everything that's been in your harvest field. He'll crush it and he'll start to shovel it up into the air so the Holy Spirit can blow through and separate everything. And I believe that's where we're at this morning. I didn't have a word prepared. I didn't, I didn't have, but he was showing me this picture that this is where we're at. There's an impartation here. There's an impartation here as the family of God. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe we'll do worship and pray together. I don't know what that is. But we need to, just like A.T. came to the, the, the feet of the master to get under his protection. We need to do that same thing. And we need to call upon the Holy Spirit to separate the things that have been growing in our life. The, separate the, father, the fatherless from the fathered things in our life. And I believe today, if we just yield back and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, then those things will take place. He will, he will give us six measures of barley and we can go back to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, I know it's not, you know, it's not just this crazy word and let me entertain you and let me give you a bunch of notes and, and let's, you know, oh, that was a great word. But the Lord is establishing the family of God. He's sending you to the kinsman redeemer. He's redeeming your family. He's redeeming the royal lineage. He's restoring everything back. We're going back to the garden. Amen. He, Jesus, Jesus came through the lineage of Ruth because of the kinsman redemption. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that this morning. So... You know, like I said, let's, let's, let's get shoulder to shoulder because this is a winnowing. The Holy Spirit wants to winnow this morning. He wants to blow through this morning, but we got to be shoulder to shoulder. We gotta, he's made this a threshing floor.